Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Radio. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future on our new day and time. We are back after a short hiatus. This is Season 7, Episode 4, and today is Thursday, April 9th. Tonight we're taking a break from our relationship shows to do a show on a topic that has been requested by several people, doppelgangers. Find out exactly what it is, and some of my fellow hosts, not to give away any names, have stories to tell. We're happy to have you with us tonight. I'm your host, Paul LaFlaca, alongside our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She's also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. We can all be reached at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com if you're interested in personal readings, healing, or if you have any topics that you would like to hear on future shows. Please email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for a show topic, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or life coaching session with Lady Fontaine. If you would like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give our call screener your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. Call us at 319-527-6216. We would love to hear your stories about doppelgangers or if you have any questions for Lady Fontaine and our team here of experts. Since we are streaming on video on uh, YouTube and Facebook, for those who don't know, James Elkin is our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. He's, uh, he's screening. He's screening. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, our lovely psychic and relationship expert and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the one without the beard. <laughs> Wave. If you miss a show, you can find us at um, Eye on the Future Radio Show on YouTube and Facebook, or listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other podcast platform. We've got a jam-packed show tonight, and we'll do our best to get every caller in to answer your questions. If you do call in, you'll still be able to hear the show while you're on hold. Uh, before we get started, I just want to give everyone a gentle reminder that we don't select general questions to get on the air. Since this is radio and live streaming, we have many, many listeners, and we select calls with the most interesting questions that most of the listeners can relate to and learn from. Your stories are often similar to what others are going through, so callers with an interesting question and story are more likely to get on the air. Lastly, please follow us on Blog Talk Radio or social media, or subscribe to be notified of our new shows and leave us comments. Now, since the show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. 
Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> Today? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we're starting 30 minutes late. So, uh, Paul, I don't even know what to say with all your hard work that you put into getting the video going. Um, uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm blown away by this. But thank you for putting in all that hard work. And like I was saying to Jim, it's not even Mercury retrograde. So I know. What is it? I don't even know what to say. I mean, like you said, <laughs> all the feeds were working a few hours ago. But um, before we get started, you know, I haven't seen you guys in a really long time. I mean, what have you been up to? I mean, Jim is screening right now, but you took an illustrious trip to L.A. recently, didn't you? I did. I think we talked about it on the last show because it was right after we came back where I proposed. We haven't had a show. No. Are you sure this we was another we one. No, this was another, your other reason for going to L.A. Katie, oh. you know, she had that award. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> my, I got to tell you everything. That one. Yes. My, uh, right, we my already wonderful... talked about your... Yes, my new, my new bride, my wonderful wife, uh, Kathleen, was honored by her company, Warner Brothers, and she was listed as one of the top executives, top women executives of uh, 2021. Wow. So it was really exciting, and she was in really uh, good company. There was a, a whole list of uh, incredible wow. women at this event, and we got to see some really good performances, Bonnie Raitt. Uh, perform with Jackson Brown. Um, we saw this new woman, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, which I was really blown away by. Just a really? wonderful young singer-songwriter. Um, H-E-R, I don't know if you've ever heard this woman, her. Uh, yeah. One of the most brilliant R&B singers and blues lead guitar players. Really? Just stunning, you know, brilliant stuff. So we had a, an amazing time. It sounds awesome. It really yeah. does. And congratulations to Katie. I mean, that was awesome. I saw her name on, you know, the board there. I mean, that was thrilling. It was. That it was really, really cool. was. Congratulations. I'll let her know. Um, Jim, are you back? Or, yeah. Uh, so what have you no, been up I'm to? Jim. <laughs> yes. Hi, Jim. How are you? <laughs> it's nice I to meet you. I didn't get to say that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to wave because you missed waving? No, okay, I didn't. I got it. <laughs> oh, you did wave. All right. So what have you I, been up to? I know you were down in Daytona. I was down. I, I took a motorcycle trip. I mm -hmm. rode down the, the Shenandoah Valley all the way to... You did? Uh, yeah. It was pretty fun. So you took the scenic route after. I took all. the scenic route. Well, we Good didn't want to. We didn't want to go by Washington D.C. and all that messy stuff. There were right. four of us. Uh, when we when we finally got to Florida after a few rainstorms that we drove through, uh, uh, we found a, a soaked campsite that we put our tent up in. Oh, lovely. And yeah, <laughs> and then uh, spent the day the next couple of days dodging rain as the as the the uh, bike week came to a, uh. an ending. Uh, and then we uh, visited a good friend, and that was a nice thing. And then we went to Tampa, and the guy that I was with, we split up into two two groups of two. Uh, the guy that I was with uh, got really sick and spent four days sitting in a hotel room, being really very unhappy and sleeping and miserable. And so I got to spend the rest of my vacation that way, and then we drove home. <laughs> oh, my rain. God. Well, at least going home, it didn't rain. How did you go home? 
scenic or same direct. Way. Same way. Oh, we, just had no, we had no patience with the idea of hitting all those big cities. Oh, that, that must have been a beautiful ride, at least. It was a nice ride. Yeah. It was very good. Um, there's this neat section that going uh, through Georgia and then out of Georgia into Virginia that uh, that uh, is is it Georgia or maybe South Carolina? Into, yeah, I think it's South Carolina into Virginia. It's just a ro- lovely road, uh, and the sun was out and and setting, and so we had all these really interesting colors going on while we were riding. So yeah, there were some incredible moments. But uh, yeah, I'm worried about on? the what road we was on? that that you were on? 77. These are all interstates. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forget what road it is right now. It's already two weeks ago. 77, the one going to West Virginia, that's all curves one after the other after the other? Interstate 77? No. Yeah. (laughs) They're all pretty straight. No. This one in West Virginia, I think it's one of the most dangerous roads in the United States. Oh, no. The most dangerous road is Highway 4 going from... Uh, uh, well, oh, how would Jackson, you know this? Jackson, Jacksonville to Tampa because we rode that road. Oh, oh you rode it? Why is yeah. it the most dangerous? Well, they don't know. It's just people keep having accidents on this road. Uh, really? And apparently there's a section of the road I was watching Paranormal Con on camera or something like that. And they were talking about this section of the road is, is like always having accidents. And they've got this whole junkyard full of cars that are just you know, they got towed away from that section of the road. And we rode right through it. Thank God, <laughs> uh, especially with everything else going on. But it's just a straight road. I mean, there's nothing yeah. unusual about the road. Nothing nothing dangerous that I noticed except getting into Orlando area, which is which is a nightmare. We ran into the only traffic we ran into on the whole trip there. Oh. The traffic jam on the whole trip right. was there. Well, I guess that even rush going to Disney World. Yeah. So, so that's did, that's what I did. Well, were you <laughs> pleased with your trip? I mean, the riding no. too. No, no, uh, with the rain and everything else. So I'm so interstate happy writing, I didn't go. Interstate riding isn't joy. It's just you know, I don't getting like you it at all. From one place to another. Yeah. Right. I don't like um, it at all. That's why on your way back or going down, I wanted you to be here so we could take some good rides. Yeah. That would have been nice, but we didn't have the time for that. We were we were working on a schedule. We I was trying to tempt my friend into taking the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway back instead uh, of riding the highway. That's a beautiful which is ride. A beautiful ride. Right. Or the skyline, but he he didn't uh, he didn't jump for that. So we Too just bad. moved moved fast. Yeah. He wanted to get home. He was not feeling well. I mean, I about, could, that I could understand. Go ahead, Paul. What about you, Jill? I, I, I have to imagine you were up to some. Uh, some trouble here the last couple of weeks. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Me? I haven't been up to any trouble. Why do you ask? I mean, what do you what do you know? I, I'm not the psychic. How come you're flushing, Joe? What? I'm flushing. I haven't been up to anything. I've been working. I've been. Mm-hmm. I've been working. We, That's all. We, all right. We t- we talked. We talked. <laughs> we shared. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you want me to share? Well, give it up. Yeah, give it up. About? Oh, yeah. see, I am blushing. I have been up to absolutely nothing. No, I can't lie. Not, nothing that I care to speak about. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Better. All right, but but what are you, psychic or something now, Paul? Never. No. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm starting to wonder. Uh, if I was psychic, <laughs> you, would, you would know. I mean, you, you, this mischievous mind that you've got. 
Um, but actually, it. I'm trying to think mm. if I really did do anything of any interest. You guys were gone for about six weeks total. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't really remember what I that far back. I mean, I did a few nice motorcycle rides. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. Yeah, hang out, work and stuff. <laughs> Meet okay. new people. Any mysterious pictures on your trail cam? I absolutely haven't even looked in the past few weeks. I've been very busy Ooh. with some other stuff. So I'm going to have to oh. get up there and take a picture. Get out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, everything that I think, Paul, you saw that picture where there was a red light. <laughs> this was in the middle of the night. There was no lights on in the car, uh, the car or anything. And there's a red light with sort of like uh, either uh, an angel shape or something. And he goes, Lens flare. Hmm. What? I didn't, no, see, I didn't see that one. I saw, flare I saw the Chupacabra one. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> that was a good one. No, you did see it was in the same uh, group of them. One of them was like this red light, and it had outstretched arms and everything. And he goes, look, can no, you I, tell I that's was, lens flare? I said it was a drop, a, a drop of water on the lens. It was reflecting and refracting and doing what drops of water do. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's but a whole other. That's a whole other show. We we could definitely talk <laughs> right. about um, paranormal uh, stuff on Photography. camera. Oh, I've got stuff. a lot of that. I do actually. Right? All right. So next week, next show, I want to do a show on um, relationship attachment styles. I've been wanting to do that for a while. And after that, why don't we do a show on what shows up on what paranormal things or unexplained things show up on, on cameras. Until, that sounds great. All right, because I've got a lot of stuff. So, all right. So, um, obviously, tonight we're doing a show on doppelgangers. And uh, honestly, I don't know who, if I'm the me or if this is the evil twin. And originally, instead of having Matt Damon behind me, which is kind of nice to have him there. Um, I was actually going to have something that said, I don't know if I'm the evil twin or the real one. So I don't know. We'll have to find out. But How do you know the evil I'm, twin isn't the real one? That yes. would be tough. I mean, right? then, then <laughs> where's the good one? Well, there's no the doppelganger. <laughs> well, Maybe the doppelganger is, your, is a good twin. <laughs> well, what is your definition of it? Actually, according to what we were talking about before the show, Jim okay. and I are having a dispute here. Is this a doppelganger or not? First of all, if anybody can identify the real Matt Damon, either this guy or this guy, we'll say number one or number two. Well, who might the other guy be? We don't know a, a, a uh, doppelganger. Okay. okay. One of these what people is nuts. Is nuts. Matt Damon. Right. One of these people. And if we could identify which one is number one or number two is the real Matt Damon. Um, whoever, if you don't look it up online, and I'm a psychic, so I'll know if you looked it up online or not. But if you pick the right one, you get a 15 minute either a psychic reading or. Um, life coaching session with me free. So send us your emails at whatever our email address is that Paul said earlier, uh, <laughs> radio show at ladyfontaine.com. 
So um, tell me which one. Do you guys know, Paul? Do, do you know which one? I think you kind of figured I don't know, it out. But don't I, say, I have a guess. Don't say for sure. Yes. I have a guess, but I, I don't know All for right. sure. They, they both look like Matt Damon to me. They do. This was the closest. But Jim and I were having a discussion before. So some of the, you know, original, when I first heard about doppelgangers, like, you know, uh, when I was younger, um, my, my understanding of what a doppelganger was, was that it was like a ghostly counterpart. You know, it was like somehow or really an evil twin. And there's been a ton of movies that have been done about this topic. And there's always an evil twin. But nowadays, when you look up doppelgangers, believe it or not, there's a whole behind it. And there are scientists that basically are just saying that, you know, uh, genetically bases evolve and you have these other twins like this walking around and that it's not anything paranormal or anything spooky. But hmm. what My do turn. you think? Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, what do you think, Jim? I was about I, to turn I it over that, to you. I think that science has ripped off a really good word and turned it into something that is totally benign because that's what they like to do. And so what, they, what a doppelganger is, is actually a entity which is a duplicate of yourself uh, uh, and it's unseen either by yourself or other people, but it is a spiritual entity. It's not physically alive in the sense that a, 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 a twin stranger is, which is what the term is that most people are using now for what you're describing scientifically as being a, a doppelganger. So that's, that's my distinction. Well, the, the, the particular scientist that I, and I'll quote him later on, um, he was from, where did I say he was from, Harvard or somewhere? Um, and he was a neurobiologist. So I'm uh, from um, Columbia, Columbia and University. I'm from, <laughs> and I'm from CW Post College. Any term they want to, it doesn't make it, make it right. <laughs> but one of my experiences that I am going to share with you later is definitely yeah. a ghostly apparition. It was not real. The other situation I think would fall more into this or mm -hmm. what you're talking mm -hmm. about being some twin strangers or whatever. Right. But what I found the most um, fascinating about this topic, which I did not know, I guess I did know, but I never really thought about it, is that your doppelganger, it's absolutely the exact you know it's the exact duplicate of you it walks the same it talks the same it looks right. the same it, right. it dresses the same i mean everything mm -hmm. is identical to you which i mean we kind of knew it but yet when i actually saw that in print that was kind of mind-blowing to me because i'm thinking more like this that a doppelganger there's another one of me walking around just like there is of matt damon and and that that person somehow would be identical to me. And that to you, Jim, is not a doppelganger, correct? Mm -hmm. That's correct. That's a physical living entity who has his own life and his own personality and dresses the way he likes to or she, and, and uh, uh, they just happen to look alike. That's not a doppelganger because a doppelganger has other meetings wrapped up around it, which we can go into at some point. Well, well, we one should. This the, is the show for it. <laughs> right. This is the time to do it. I, but I just don't want to intrude. Okay. 
No, I want you to. One of the beliefs, though, about doppelgangers is that it's a ghostly devil of a living person that haunts its living counterpart. So that Mm -hmm. means that we've got this duplicate of ourselves, which I would say is the evil twin, more likely, that haunts the person. So talk to me a little bit more about what you're saying. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe wrote a short story about, yes. I forget the yes. name, William Wilson or something like that. Something like that, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and he's, it's about this guy that is being haunted by his lookalike. And the guy they, they, is in this total conflict, uh, conflict between the two of them as he's trying to live his life normally and this lookalike comes on and messes everything up. So that's the evil twin idea. But, uh, yeah, the, but what the, happened when he kills the evil twin? I don't At remember. the end of that, he does kill the evil twin. Do you remember that, Paul? I have never read it, but I believe the story is he he realizes it's the reflection of his own self. Yes. Bingo. Um, yes. And I don't know how that affects him. We would have to look up the. We don't have if a follow up. If he kills that. that part of him, what's right. left? Yeah. Right. But then good, how does he realize the evil twin? Well, but then how does he realize <laughs> that it was a reflection of him? I guess now I, have, yeah. I, now I have to read it. I'll have to read the story now. <laughs> so we'll have to give you. We'll give you what's an the, assignment for next week. What's the origin of the term? Where where did it first become Ooh. used? He's a linguist. He would know. It's a German. It's a German word. It's, it's going to sound. It's not a German. <laughs> yeah, doppelganger means means uh, something that a uh, 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 I'm sorry, a double goer it means someone who's walking around like you are. Uh, Gehen is go in German, and Ganger is someone who does that, so it's, it's the adjective form of go. Uh, that's why, but and it can also mean to walk or 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 double things walker. along that. Line. Yeah, yeah, double, double walker and together. Double. And in Irish, they use the word fetch, F-E-T-C-H, and it's it's a ver- it's a noun, not a verb. You know, when you play fetch with the with a dog, it's a different thing than you know go fetch this instead of a fetch. Um, and the fetch is, is, is a, a, a uh, double of yourself or of oneself who appears to oneself or other people and a little uh, like the banshee is an announcement usually of one's demise. So if you or someone else sees your... Yes, I have heard that, mm-hmm. that it's a bad omen that, of death. I have that heard has that. carried from Irish into English into the U.S. So an awful lot of people hold that theory around what a, a doppelganger is. Uh, and that's why I'm saying it's a two different, very different things, because we're talking about a spiritual phenomena where people are visited by reflections of themselves of some sort. And that reflection uh, uh, will uh, suggest that, that, that one is going to die soon or the bad things are happening. I was looking at an interesting site where it says, and, but if you see them in the evening, it means that good things are going to happen. So I don't oh, know where that came from. Really? <laughs> oh, I like that. But then let me share with you one of my experiences okay. with a doppelganger. Um, and I could tell you that neither me nor my ex-husband died, thank God. Um, but good. it involved him. So what happened was one night I was, you know, one night we, you know, we were sleeping in bed and for some reason I woke up and I felt my ex-husband Lewis actually get up off of the bed and I turn, you know, I'm facing this way. I turn around and I see him and he's walking to the bathroom. You know, he used the hall bathroom. 
So he walks out of the bedroom and goes to the hall bathroom. So, you know, five minutes passed, 10 minutes passed, 15 minutes ago, something's got to be wrong. So I go to get out of bed, and there he is in bed right next to me. He Mm. never left the bed. But Mm. I saw him. I felt the bed rise. You know what Mm -hmm. it feels like when somebody gets out of bed. I felt that phenomenon, which made me turn around to look at him. And I I watched him walk out of the bedroom. But I did not fall asleep. And so he didn't get back into bed. Um, I was sitting there waiting for him to come back into the bedroom and he never did. And then I, I go to get up and there he is lying in bed with me. Hmm. Your, your friend, uh, uh, your scientific friend might have said that you did fall asleep, but you just woke up and you didn't realize you'd fallen asleep. But I know that I did. <laughs> I know that I, I didn't. I, and I don't deny that. I'm, right. I'm not saying that didn't happen. I'm saying that, that that's a pretty phenomenal story because that doppelganger actually had substance. I saw him. You know what Louis no, looked like. No, I... substance. Seeing is not what? substance necessarily. I mean, we see lots of things that are insubstantial, but seeing, oh, uh, I sorry, feeling, feeling I the bed move it. as he got yes. up is, is substantial. That means yes. something was actually impacting physical nature. Yes. I mean, that was wild. I have another story too, but that one I wanted to throw in since we were talking about um, ghostly apparitions and a yeah. bad omen, but that happened yeah. in, the, in the middle of the night. So according to that other website, when it happens at nighttime, it's a good omen. Right. <laughs> so do, do good things happen to you? Or do you I don't remember. It was so long ago. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I used okay. to be so successful at work, so that was a good thing. <laughs> um, well, now, what um, are you acting like that for? <laughs> <laughs> Huh? That's not a good Actually, thing being successful. That's a wonderful thing. Yes, I'm very grateful. I yeah. had the career that I had. Actually, the reason I was laughing is because Michael Sheehan, who's a nice Irish name, is the name of your scientist. Yes, the neurobiologist. <laughs> from where? Is he from Harvard or where? No, he's from UK. No. No, no he's an assistant to Cornell. Cornell. Okay. It's not a bad school. No, not it's bad. a very good school. It's okay. <laughs> might not be Harvard, but it is a good no. school. So, so, so in any event, um, do you want to talk a little bit about anything here? Me? Well, yeah, like, like, like anything what? else? <laughs> anything else about <laughs> doppelgangers? What do you oh, have in mind? You did. You were ready for this show, so I want to hear what you what you have to say. Um, my you want to are we sharing personal stories now? Yes, go ahead. Okay, personal and stories. And then Paul's next. You go, and then Paul I've had goes. for a little while. I was a manager at Chase. You 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 know that I was yeah. managing a team of people, and a couple of times, actually three times in particular. What one time, two times, people came up to me. They said, "You know what? You have someone who looks exactly like you." That You're taking is walking my story. Around. You're that taking walk, my story. Walking around the the train a train station in Long Island. Oh and my I'm like, God. Walking around I was never in Long Island. Said, oh well, you've got your duplicate is walking around either that or you were there. And I'm like, No, I wasn't there. And, and to you know, and I know about this for a long time, that that that's just a harbinger of death. 
And uh, I was oh, concerned geez. about that. Right. Um, and then the third time, somebody came up to me and got angry at me. And he got angry at me because I didn't respond to him like I should know him. <laughs> I said, where did you see me? Oh, I'm Long Island. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I said, that wasn't me. I wasn't there. It had to be you. No one looks like you. Did right. Of course, I, right. I had less hair then. <laughs> less hair. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all Oh, and that's here. Yeah, you had your hair back in those days. But it was was very strange. I never met the guy. I know the feeling. After Paul tells his story, I'm going to tell a story, too, that's very similar to yours. Go ahead. One more story. There was a guy named Jim Elkin, which is my Uh, name, Right. in my high school that wasn't me, but he didn't look like me. But he did get in trouble when I did something wrong. <laughs> so that's a good kind of twin dad. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Jim. <laughs> but that's even that's kind of weird to have two yeah. Jim Elkins in the same school at the same time. Yeah, he that was a freshman kind of when I was a senior. He came walking up to me and said, You know what? You and I have the same name and I got in trouble because of something you did. And I said, Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? And he said, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been a short guy, right? It was well everybody's short. <laughs> Yeah, compared to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's all you are, 6'3"? I thought you were taller than that. No, only when I'm wearing my boots. Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't know you went. I mean, years back, I've known you for 30 years. So back at Chase, you didn't wear boots, did you? Half my life. Not that often. I had some fried boots Ooh, that I wore. Oh, he's lying about his age. <laughs> 30 years is half of your life? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I buy that. That makes me younger, too. I've been 30 years. I don't remember you when you were an infant. Aw, Jim. Oh. That is oh. so sweet. Aw. <laughs> I'm giving you a raise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's like, who's you both this? can get a raise just because I'm in a generous mood tonight. <laughs> so so uh, you, you get, I'm going to triple your salary. How's that? Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Paul, you too. Triple your salary. I'm going to get my my math teacher and find out how much that really is. I have to call my accountant and figure out how to do the math. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Paul, let's hear your story. story? I'm going to tell a story very similar to Jim's. I think we should spread out these stories. We've got a a, a long show here. Maybe we should take a caller, then we can can dive back in. All right, go ahead. Who do we have? We have uh, Lisa, and do you need a bio on her, or do you want her just to tell you her story? Uh, she could tell us the story. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, you love, lovely people. I love you guys. I love your conversations <laughs> and your laughter. Aww, thank you. I do have talk about motorcycle riding. Oh, gosh, everything. <laughs> it checks off. Not everybody's interested in it, but when we did this show, I said, we've got to show our personalities, and that's my personality. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, go ahead. What's you know, going on with you, Lisa? Okay, oh. I have to be honest. Before, yeah. uh, when I saw the title of your show, I did look it up, the doppelganger, but... As an older student that attended the university, older, uh, non-traditional age, um, I remember, and that was, God, I think 30 years ago or 25 years ago or something like that, reading in our class, our literature class, 
uh, Joseph Conrad out of Africa, and they the whole um, piece of literature uh, doppelganger was was big in that novel and that um, piece of work, uh, literature, and um, so I had to look it up again before your show started, mm-hmm. and I was talking to your screener and I said well is it the um the one that that lady that your Fontaine is looking for is um the person that looks like us a twin walking on the planet so anyway I I've always been confused by that term doppelganger and I don't think I've ever ever really understood the the uh meaning of it I actually feel what Jim is saying is the true definition of doppelganger. I really do. That's my belief of what a doppelganger always was. I think nowadays science tries to horn in on things and come up with an explanation. And I think it's really distracting from the true meaning. But I do believe Jim is right. It is a ghostly or some sort of. Mark the date, Jim, that I finally give you credit. Mark the date. <laughs> well, um, but I really do not think only a, right. It's not only a woman saying I'm right, it's Lady Fontaine saying I'm right. Oh, boy. But you're right. You are. That truly is my understanding of the definition of doppelganger. All this other stuff, I don't think you're watching us on video, Lisa, but I've got Matt Damon and a Matt Damon lookalike behind me. And... That, I think, is more what today's world is saying is a doppelganger, but I really believe Jim is right. This is a twin stranger or whatever they call it nowadays. I really do believe it's somehow spooky. I don't know if it truly is an evil twin. I don't know if it truly is some sort of omen of death or bad things. I don't know. Like I said, I saw one, and both my ex-husband and I are still alive, and that was, you know, a long time ago. So I don't remember anything bad happening back then. So, you know, no, I don't know. I've never, I've never associated anything bad with. Like I said, I've never really. Uh, it's always been to me personally a very complicated uh, term for me, and I've just never, never really, you know. I've just never associated anything bad with it because I've never understood it anyway. So, but do you I don't know. have what, you what, experienced it? You said earlier something about another one of you walking around, so that would fall more oh, into constantly. Yeah, what I you, mean, you know, I that, over my. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. Over my lifetime, you know, I was a military brat, and um, so I've kind of bounced around and uh yeah i've met other oh you know what i have met women occasionally where i think you know oh we look similar or they'll give me their name and i think um oh they they really don't look like that name they look like a different name but the other thing i was thinking of when i was waiting to talk with you all is there's a man and i I was explaining it to someone else and this was a few years ago he he we worked alongside of each other. He's a professional guy, and I was too in that setting, and he reminded me, and he was full masculine. You know, there was nothing about him otherwise, and he embraced his professional capacity, And 
But whenever I talked to him, it was so, it would throw me because he always reminded me so much of my high school best friend, which is a woman. <laughs> oh, interesting. And he would take his glasses off. There was nothing about him. I mean, he had no, you know, he wasn't hiding a part of himself where he couldn't um, express it. You know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm really another gender or whatever. No, it wasn't like that. It's just, I, I kept, I would look at, and I couldn't bring myself to tell him that because I thought I would offend him because he was very, um, he was very uh, attached to his gender identity, but I would just talk with him. And that was my thought and part of our conversation. I thought this guy really looks so much and acts his mannerisms. It wasn't like a, uh, a blood kin kind of thing, you know, like a genetic, because they lived in different states. But I just was so amazed how I would see him and I would see my best friend, girlfriend in high school. Uh, well, that reminds he- me of a story that Paul told us several shows ago about Michelle or oh, somebody, yes. Lisa, or I forget. No, but- I, I, well- my uh, my friend's wife was named Kim, but in my mind, in my heart, when I saw her face, my first, the name popped in my head was Michelle. And it's happened with other people, too. It's like, I don't know if it's a past life experience or something that I instantly could feel a name come from somebody. And it's like, and I'll call them the wrong name. And it's like, my name's Kim. And I'm like, no, you're Michelle. Something inside <laughs> me just screams, Michelle. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was, like how I would connect yeah. with a person like that. I, I have similar experiences. Yeah. Yeah. But what is that? That to me is like, like either what Paul said, perhaps past life, or sometimes it's the essence. Somebody just, you get a feel. The most important thing in psychology about any relationship is how somebody makes you feel. So I feel that could be something behind it. Maybe it elicited, elicited in you the same kind of feeling or emotion that you had with, did you know a Michelle? I've known s- several Michelles, but she didn't look like any of them. It was just Did she something make that... you feel like one of those Michelles? No, like... no, it was All nothing right. like that. It was just this immediate, instinctive, you're Michelle. That, that I just like, I was certain of it. And, and it, wow. it had nothing to do, like, I didn't know her. I just met her, and that's just her face made me just scream this is michelle like i'm i didn't have yeah, any attached to it i don't know what that is that jim do you have any idea what we would classify that I, as i think i think paul hit on it very, very clearly with the, with the past life yeah idea i think that yeah. makes the most sense but i i don't you know, know if think, that's true go ahead lisa i think there's so many multi-layers to this discussion that you're having and on you know i've recently had been listening to, I think it was in a, a very high caliber um, national publication that we're talking about, you know, aliens amongst us, and I, I can't remember the name of the publication. And so I'm, I've heard this over the years, but New now York I'm Times. More, you know, <laughs> I don't know okay, that. I don't that. know that it was the New York Times. I'm well, just kidding. <laughs> I was coming home last night. I was coming home last night, and I was doing a long drive. Uh, and it was in a very dark region that I live, and it was, you know, 1030 at night and dark, and I started questioning because I lost someone very precious to me at least six years this summer. 
And I started thinking thoughts like, um, oh, you know, what if this is just a bunch of hooey, what is being said that we'll meet after we all pass and we'll be united. And I started going down that deep tunnel of darkness and while I was doing my dark drive, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I became aware of my car that I was driving by myself filled with another presence all of a sudden. And I knew. What, was it a good and I feeling? Up. Like that was your son, right? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And I woke up this morning. I came home. I was feeling very comforted. And I'd ride, you know, I did a, like a 13-hour trip on the road. And I, I felt very uh, supported emotionally and woke up this morning thinking about it. And so it was just a validation for me. Mm-hmm. And nice. uh, sometimes, you know, I'll go down that rabbit hole. Is it okay if I ask a question? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we're taking questions. Thank, yeah. Thank you. I left a 22-year relationship a year ago, and I hired a lawyer to end our business dealings with each other. And hopefully this is going to come to conclusion within the next couple of weeks. I talked to the lawyer yesterday, and I think we're on the last leg of this phase of finalizing the division of our properties between us and our association with us like that. And um, do you see that taking place where he, the former relationship person, finds it? The other part about this question is I feel so guilty in leaving him as time goes on. I'll never go back, never, ever. It would be the death of me, and I don't, I'm not prepared to do that, um, commit suicide like that. But I, I, oh, God. And some people that I talk to that I really trust, they just dump them. You know, because it was 22 years of the same kind of stuff and the reason that I left. And, um, you know, but I... I'll have to figure it out. You know, my moral compass will respond. Once we get all these final documents signed um, between us and we finalize the division of property, then I'll um, determine for myself how much of a friendship role I want to be available to this former person. Uh, All right. So I want to answer your question. Then Jim and I are both going to help you with your dilemma for Jim that you know what I'm talking about, but we will. Um, first of all, I need to know, and if you want to tell, uh, if you don't want it on the air, then uh, maybe Jim or Paul could just go take you in a private room, but I need the first name of this former partner, and I'd also like the first name of your attorney so I could zoom in on all of the ingredients here and tell you what I pick up. Can I go to a former, I mean, a private room? Yeah, hold Jim, on a would you mind? And then he'll uh, text me the info. Well, nobody could hear me anyhow. So, ladies and gentlemen, we I apologize for the delay in starting the show. So I hope you're enjoying the show. Now I got Paul back, so I have someone to talk to. I, I was going <laughs> off the camera to, uh, to uh, do some uh, technical stuff, but I'm back. <laughs> okay. And and then I just go into left field. Um, okay, Lisa's back. All right, all right. Do you want to send me I'm a text? I will. 
Okay, got I it. Had a lot of- <clears throat> I got it. All right, what were you going to say, Lisa? I had, sometimes I'll do this with partners, love, part relationship people that I've uh, ended up being with. You know, one case prior was a, a marriage that I had my sons with, and then this one of 22 years. Sometimes what I've experienced is I'll dream about them before I actually meet them. And I really dreamt about this former 22-year relationship very intensely before I met him. And, you know, I've told him, when we first started being together, I told him about the dream. I always tell them about the dream. So anyway, whatever it is, whatever. Well, we're going to talk about some of this stuff after, but I want to give you the answers to your question. Um, So regarding the former partner, it does feel like you're in the final stages, but I think you said that the attorney said in the next couple of weeks, I did not, and I am not getting validation in that quick of a time, but I am getting validation that you are in the final stretch. I feel a decent amount of, and I guess it's attorney to attorney that's doing the negotiations, but I still feel a decent amount of resistance in his energy. And should you get down to that final place, he may, you know, come back and say, well, I'm not happy with this or I'm not happy with that because it, it still feels to me like a tug of war. Now, could it be that I'm picking up his resistance to this whole thing? Yes, that could be. Um, so I'm going to tell you that um, there is a chance that what I'm feeling is just that inner turmoil in your ex's energy because he does not, and I repeat, he does not feel at peace with what's going on between the two of you. So I don't know if um, – I assume this happened in stages that obviously you walked away from it and then you got attorneys and you've been sorting out all the financials to this relationship, but he still feels to me that he holds on to hurt anger. Um, He feels like you did a, I don't, you, you haven't told us how this played out, but he's, he's showing me that he feels like, you undercut him, you are undercutting him, and that you abandoned him. So he has a lot of issues about the breakup and the sorting out of property and and things. So did you end up actually walking away from him, and was he livid about it? Because that's the way it feels. Um, you, I'm sure you're right on everything that you're saying. He keeps a lot of stuff inside him. He, I, I walked away because he did something. He did a, a physical act that was my bottom. He, the whole 22 years, there was a lot of um, stuff that went against my moral code. And then um, when he did that physical action toward me, I put my house up for sale and relocated. I left. And that was it. That was my bottom. And um, so we were planning on, I was planning on being with him forever. And, you know, marriage and, I mean, that was in my heart too. I, But I 
that was my bottom. And for 22 years, I put up with stuff, like I said, that went against my moral code. And we would talk, and then he'd make a gesture toward me that, you know, he'd say something like, you know, I can't lose you, I'll do anything to keep you. And, and then he'd make a gesture, like a material um, gift. And I, anyway, so... Well, I, I hesitate I'm, to use this term, but, and it's, I mean, I do feel there's narcissistic tendencies, but to me, he feels more like borderline personality disorder, um, which is a, you know, sort of like a combined, you know, there, there's many different symptoms of, of what falls under that. Um, so I think it's truly with him, it was a lose-lose situation. Um, what you're saying about the physical act, the words that my guides are using is it was a violent act. And he was in a very, it feels like a very enraged state. Is that true? Yeah, we're on the radio. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. I didn't want to go uh, into that detail, okay. but I'll, let me tell you, Lady Fontaine, you're pretty accurate. So what I did was I put my house up for sale and relocated, and now I'm looking, you know, a year later, dragging through this legal thing, and I'm the only one that has a lawyer so far. I mean, he has the option to get one, and I, uh, it breaks my heart. You know, I look at all this stuff, the legal stuff, and I'm thinking, this is not what I planned. This but is this not what is I the pl- part never I want back. to work with you. That's the part that I want Jim and I to work with you. So because you said earlier, and I don't remember if you said you feel guilty or you feel, um, yeah, you, you use. Did you say you feel guilty? I want to know why you feel guilty. I want to know why you're well, feeling. That, why you feel you're feeling. Why he said to me oh, in the beginning of time, and. Occasionally, he mentioned it through the years. He knew who I was. He knew my comp, my makeup, my my, and I'm the oldest of well, nine. I take care tendency. of people. That is a narcissistic I take tendency. care of people, and right. I I love people. I love plants. And so anyway, I've been working on doing my self care and and understanding what I did and how I did it. And I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to repeat it. So I know. I understand. I love this guy with all my, you know, but I, it's not happening anymore. No more repeats, no more nothing. It's done. But I do feel, you know, that guilt. You do feel what? Guilt. Guilty. Guilt. All right. And I want to ask you again, why do you feel guilty? Just Don't answer you. that. Don't explain anything. Go inside and really examine what you're feeling and tell us why you feel guilty. You mentioned the word abandonment, and that's what I feel like I've abandoned him. But Mm. I can't put up with what happened. What about the sheer fact that you've abandoned yourself through 22 years? Exactly. No, no, no. I've done, I'm doing the self-work. I know what that is. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I apologize to myself, and I'm, I'm making amends to myself and, mm. and staying, you know, exploring um, kitchen recipes, you know, having fun in that way, riding my tricycle, my adult tricycle. I, um, you know, I'm making amends to myself. I'm living in peace. <laughs> I, 
You're right. You're so right. You're so right. You know, let go of the guilt like a helium balloon out into well, outer space. Well, let, right. let me say Let's, this, that when you try to force yourself into doing that, you're resisting your true feelings. It's more important to get in touch with why you're holding on and why you feel that way. Because what happens when you go to a gym and you do resistance training? You build stronger muscles. So when you resist, and then you go, no, 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 I don't want to resist. I, I, I don't want to feel this way. You're resisting. You're resisting your true feelings. So you're going to make it harder on yourself to be able to resolve it. The real key, and I'm going to let Jim see if he comes up with some thoughts or ideas because he works, this, he works with the same concepts as I work, but his techniques are a little bit different. Um, but, again, to me, the, the real clincher here is, for you to examine why you feel guilty. Don't resist it. Indulge in it. Indulge in whatever that emotion is, because that's the way to get healed, not to resist it. Jim, you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, and you, you asked the question, although you, you asked why do you feel guilty? And I would say the better question is, what is there about the relationship that brings guilt to you instead of saying why because why is a rational question um, I like to ask questions directly to the problem so what is in you is the is is the place is this is the well that that or the source that that guilt is coming from that sense of guilt that's and, that's an excellent question I love I was born Catholic yeah. and it was role modeled for me and I you know I'm taking this on for myself to do the self-work to to understand that and heal from sure. it, sure. to be a martyr, to be a victim, and also uh-huh. to bathe in that and to get some self-gratification from it. And so I'm understanding that, and I'm in um, discussion groups where we, you know, we we um, honestly, you know, confidential uh, framework and blah, 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 you know, we discuss these things and our uh-huh. experiences, and then reading Great. literature on it, and some... Tr- I, to use Lady Fontaine's um, information, I understand and I accept that, you know, not to resist it, but to heal from it. And it's not a, um, it just doesn't serve me anymore, that guilt That's trip. Thing. Right. That's right. Good. And you right. know that every situation, there's always a gift and there's a lesson in mm-hmm. any any negative situation. And as soon as you find, and that's a question you could be asking yourself, what is the gift and what's the lesson in this? And once you get that information, it's like the light bulb goes off in your brain and you get clarity about the whole thing. And that's when I talk about, I think we've done shows on this in the past, when I talk about gratitude, that's the kind of gratitude that I'm talking about, not making a list of five things that we're grateful for today. But when you do that inner work and you get that clarity, there is a sense of gratitude that overwhelms you. And my clients often say, it's like your cup runneth over with gratitude. It just erases all the negatives and all the, you know, the guilt and, and anger and hurt and everything else that's there. Um, that to me is the true sense of gratitude. And the only way to get there is by, doing that inner work and resolving those things that are holding you back and keeping you stuck in that sense of guilt. And I feel more than guilt in your energy, Lisa. I feel a lot more. Um, But I know you're like 
you know, chipping away at it, and I encourage you to keep chipping Lisa, away. Lisa, is it regret? Mmm, yeah. no, I God, like that. No. No, oh, no, no, yo, no, 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 no. Look deeper, Lisa. Look deeper. I got a big hit no. on that. Look deeper. <laughs> Trust me. No, look not, deeper. No. I mean, well, I look at the future and I wonder at myself and my strength. I know I'm very strong. I know I'm very powerful for myself and the life builder of me. Let's, let's try it. Let me, let me try it this no. way. Yeah, because he's Lisa, right. Let, I'm telling you. Lisa, listen, let's try it this way. Just, just for a moment. Just, you know, uh, take away all the possible ideas that you might have about the word and just put it on for a second and see if it fits. You know, I spent time with him out of necessity. I spent time with him yesterday and we focused on business stuff. That feeling that I had of the 22 years I was with him is Uh present in me when I'm with him. When I'm away, and I used to say this to him in the relationship, you're the only one that I feel triggered when I'm with you, these emotions that make no sense. And I feel that when I'm with him. I would right. never, no, I don't regret it. I'm not going back. I don't want it. I don't daydream about it. Right. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry that it came to this because I didn't right. believe can it. I, I can I make faith. a suggestion? Do you have regrets about staying in it as long as you stayed in the relationship? I uh, not now. Maybe ten years from now, I'll look back and think that way. But right now, I'm just like in the middle of fumbling through all this. You know, getting the legal stuff done and um, okay. So, so the guilt is really, and, and you talked about your your Catholic upbringing and 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 how that might be contributing to that sensation of guilt that you're experiencing. And so to me, the, a, a really nice way to deal with that is when that feeling comes up, to just gently have a conversation with yourself as if you're talking to a child, as if you're talking to your child, and say, you know, it's okay that, that you feel that because I understand we were taught to feel that that way. Um, now I don't really want to feel that because... I don't believe that that's, that's the right way to respond to this. That's not how I want to respond to this. That's good. I accept that, yeah, for sure. And eventually that should undo. What happened? I don't Paul. know. Paul, you Something you, happened at Paul's end. What? Paul, you're mute. We, we're um, getting an echo. Boom, went Sorry. away. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That's our technical <laughs> wizard here. <laughs> oh, I see him. He's good. Yeah, he is the best. I was coming in yeah, to I contribute. I can go a, away. No, I'm giving you a bigger raise. Five times what you're making. So I, had, I, had a question. I had a question for the three of you. What I heard a couple minutes ago that really stuck was her saying at the beginning of the relationship how he said – I'm the only one who sees the real you. And you said narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies. And that to me feels yeah. like Bingo. there's a mystery that we need to uncover there. How much of that level of emotional manipulation has she been through with that type of language right. and that thing You're that right. makes you feel right. connected yeah. to a person, but it's a way of kind of having someone trick you. It's like, I see you and nobody else sees you. So that right. makes me the most special person in the world because 
I see your right. soul when no one else does. Right. Good. Oh, Good. man, did you nail that, right? Paul? You nailed I, it. I know people like that. <laughs> right. No, you, and that actually yeah. reminds me of my ex-husband, too. That, right. Now, I want to differentiate this because there are some times that you have an authentic connection with somebody, but they're not going to be saying nobody could ever have a connection right. like this. It's only me, and I'm the special one. They're not going to leverage it. They're not going to no. use it. Right. Make I mean, the attachment, if, you know. Right. If you have a special connection with someone, you've got that connection and you both know it. You don't need any, you know, manipulation at all to, to clarify that. But that was brilliant, Paul. Oh, my God. That was beyond brilliant. That really was. I'm telling you. I'm patting you on the back, too. Here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back to my work. Okay. Dr. Right. Cavelling, okay? All right, all right. <laughs> all right, Lisa. Lisa, so, does that help? Yeah, does that help you? Yeah. Well, he never said, I'm the only one that sees this. He would tell me that he saw me as, he says, I see how you take care of your children. I see how, you, my adult children, I see how you care and you're attached to them. And that's what I recognize about you and I love about you. And I, you know, in that way, he wanted it done for him. And I would. I would serve every capacity that I could, you know, administrative clerk, admin, uh, researcher, anything. You know, I was at his beck and call. And I didn't mind. I didn't mind. I enjoyed helping and being of service in that way because, um, you know, I thought it was a full-blown partnership that we had. The moral compass was ticking inside of me, and I was in conflict with that because what he brought to the relationship was not the same that I brought. I would never lie, cheat, or um, do any of those things, you know. Or I, I, And so that was a struggle for 22 years. And so you've picked it up, Lady Fontaine. The ultimate act was my bottom, put the house up for sale, relocated, and that's the done deal. Okay. Well, I think you've made the right choice, and I'm hopeful that you'll continue doing that inner work and get to that place where you have peace in your heart for him and yourself, more importantly. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, Lisa. Thank you. No, it's always my pleasure. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we've done shows on narcissistic behavior, which I agree. I agree. I agree with Paul that it's there, even though the way Lisa was framing it, um, she sees it a little bit different. And that mm-hmm. that's part of the narcissistic relationships. It, it can be. Yeah. If it's there, then, then she'll probably see it later. If it isn't there, then no. But uh, but it is. It's, it's, it's funny how looking back on some of the friends and whatever that I've had in the past, I can see that kind of thing going on. And at the time, I had no idea. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, you you usually don't. That's the balance. That's where they have control over you. And what typically happens in a narcissistic relationship is once that person no longer has the control, they're either going to step it up or they're going to look elsewhere because the whole idea of a narcissist is that they need somebody to be narcissistic too. I mean, we had Mm -hmm. this discussion before. A narcissistic uh, person often 
uh, draws in an empath. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about that on a couple of shows, um, or a more sensitive type person, um, or yeah. as Lisa said, a giver. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're they're a controller. You know, what are they going to want? Right. Someone who gives. Mm-hmm. So yes, in right. any event, that, and they, and that's, they, that's, especially giving to the most important person in the room, with, who's themselves. Yes, because <laughs> that's all narcissists will see. But I see or felt anyhow when I was in that person's energy, in her ex's energy, um, borderline personality disorder, which, again, encompasses a lot of stuff. But -hmm. there's a lot of other tendencies there. But bottom line is I think she made a smart choice in, in doing what she's doing, and I hope it all works out. So getting back to our topic at hand for this evening, I would like to share with you a situation that I had that was very, very similar to what you experienced, Jim. Um, But, well, let me tell you. All right. So my first year (laughs) of college, I was in, you know, dorm A, whatever Mm -hmm. it was called. Um, Then my second and third and fourth year, I was in a different dorm. It was like the, the, you know, the creme de la creme dorm. So one day I'm coming into the dorm and this guy comes over to me. Now, this was not a pickup at all. Called me by a different name and he was referring to something and I'm going, what? Who are you? And he looked at me and looked at me and he went, aren't you blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, my name is Jill. And and then he goes, what is that noise? Oh, your cat now. And a black cat. I mean, I didn't even know what that noise was. It's an, it's an unhappy cat. It's an unhappy cat. <laughs> yeah, her oh her name is Lucy. It's short for Lucifer. Mm. <laughs> we could that works. <laughs> yes. um, so in any event, that person, you know, was like in shock that I wasn't this other person. And then they said to me, there's another person who, they said to me, are you, you know, is this the dorm? Are you you a student here? Do you live in this dorm? And I said, yes. And he goes, there's someone else in this dorm that looks exactly like you. They had a different name and whatever. Hmm. I never in the three years that I was in that dorm did I ever see that other person, Hmm. which I think is outrageous. Actually, I it's a good thing. Yeah, right. You never know what would have happened. Right. Seen her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I want to share this with you. This is not anything to do with doppelgangers. Um, one time I was getting ready to go home for the weekend in, in the dorm. And the, the dorm door was the kind of door that closed on its own. And we literally would have to put a chair there to hold it open. There was no way. There was no like, you know, bar or lever or anything like that to make that door stay open. So I'm getting all my wash together, figuring, oh, good, I'm going home. I could do my, all my wash and not have to go to the laundromat. So I'm getting all my wash together, and all of a sudden the door opens and stays open. <laughs> and there's nobody there. I mean, and there's no way this door could stay open. And I went to the door and had to forcefully make that door close. And I grabbed my stuff and I got out of there. Mm. I was terrified. 
because mm. something was in that room with me that opened the door pillow. and kept it open. What? This is my fellow ghost hunter at work here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was telling somebody the other day, um, you know, this is the way I do ghost hunting. Ah, ah, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Let's yeah, go back. Bring your earplugs. <laughs> right, but let's go back and do more. It's like two sides of me. It's like one part is so scared and the other part is... Okay, I'm ready. Let's go back and find out what else is there. Um, I have those two. That's the Gemini, I guess, in me. I've got the two the two twins. See, my two twins are combined in, into one. You're a, you're a walking doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> See that? There's not even a description for what I am, but that I yeah. think is true. Yeah, it's just Gemini. Right, because you see that in me. I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm, I get scared of everything, but yet... Wherever we go, oh, we got to do a paranormal investigation, and we got to do this, we got to do that. But then I'm in there, and I'm running scared. Mm-hmm. But I always go back. I never abandon mm-hmm. the ship. Mm-hmm. You, you've always screamed and 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 yelled, but you've always stood there too. You, I you do. don't run away I usually. Do. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I always come back. I always finish, and then then they I get haunted, and then we have to do clearings and. You know, it's a long, complicated thing. Stage, orange fields. Right. Remember that? Remember oh, yeah. when we brought back that that thing? Do you remember? Remember when it was even in the it, tree outside? It didn't. It didn't get in the house. It just did in the tree outside. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it got in the house because I had to do the orange things and the sage and everything. And then Lewis had said to me. Ellie, yeah, we bring something back with you. <laughs> he knew I did it. He knew I brought she it. She just pointed at him and said, you were the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I <laughs> how many times have you married, Jim? <laughs> three, three. Right. And how many times have I been married? <laughs> Sometimes but, a quick wit isn't good for a relationship. You gotta you, sit on those. That would have been great, but no, I don't think that fast on on things like that. But um, but that's for another show if we haven't already talked about it. So that was my two experiences. Paul, we want to hear from you and hear some of your experiences. I definitely want to tell you my experience. But first, I have a question for Jim, because this whole doppelganger thing is fascinating to me. And um, with Jim, we all know has a really uh, fine sense of what a definition should be. So coming from Jim, we're hearing, you know, doppelganger is being used as kind of a catch-all Xerox Kleenex word for any kind of double where the true definition of the doppelganger is some kind of spiritual entity that is, um, uh, Jim, you can say it better, but it's like a a true doppelganger is not just your, you know, strange twin. There's something malevolent attached to that word. It's, Let's just say supernatural because the the jury's out on whether it's really malevolent. I don't think the the doppelganger itself is malevolent. It's not like it attacks people. Um, but the, it just shows up, and that showing up is the actual act of announcing that something bad is going to happen. In, so Eastern, in Eastern philosophy, we've talked before about uh, your soulmate, or sometimes twin souls, like you're, you're split at birth and you end up in two bodies. Is right. this similar to that? The doppelganger is maybe um, an echo of your spiritual essence or is it a split is it a 
are there twins? Are there spiritual twins that come into existence that aren't soulmates, but they're actually? Oh, you, you want to get more into a spiritual technical? Yeah, I'd like to get okay. a little more. So maybe it might be an astral projection. That okay. one threw me for a loop. Yeah. Right? So Something it's along that you're line. saying it's your own, it's part of you that's it's coming not, out as a forbearance of something yeah. negative that could happen. You know, the reason I bring that up is because people who practice, in fact, some of the earlier documented practices and research done on astral projection uh, noted that at times people, when they would project someplace, were actually seen by people who were in that location. Okay? Interesting. So that's why I propose that that's a possible answer to the question. So it's not but a physical about, manifestation, it's a... Supernatural. All right. But in that scenario, though, you're projecting if you it yourself. Saw it, if you saw it yourself, like mm-hmm. it's a forbearance of some, if you see it yourself, it's a forbearance of some bad omen or something like that. So right. if, if, how do you astral project to yourself? Um, the, you know, if, if I were continuing on with the suppositions about this theory, I might suggest. How was that? And we want to hear it, yeah. <laughs> I might suggest that there's some part of you that is psychic that knows that this is going to happen and projects that image or that self, astrally projects, and you visually see that projection. And that's a way for you to talk to yourself, meaning the higher self to the lower self, letting you know the end is nigh. Well, mm. anything is or possible. Something. But... Yeah. I want to take a minute now. This I'm going a little bit off topic, but you you mentioned you? something, Paul. <laughs> of course, I never do. But you mentioned something that I want to talk a little bit about, and that you said twin flames. And right. I don't. I personally don't believe that. And the only reason why I don't believe it, as a psychic, and I've been psychic all my life, I've never met an energy that like many. And my clients call me, is this my twin flame? I may pick up that it's a soul level connection, but I've never picked up it's a twin flame. So because I have not experienced that personally in, in energetic experience, I don't know that it, it exists. I mean, I, I understand the concept and I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying I've never, I don't believe in it, and I, I, I don't know. But I actually would like to do a show on that, uh, that versus soulmates, or, or do a show on both twin flames and soulmates and see how they overlap or how they differ or really what ultimately comes out of it. What do you guys think about doing that? That's Santa Claus for people that watch the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I think that's like a, a wish. Like I wish I could find right. my my yeah, uh, my soulmate because then I would have a relationship that had some validation, and uh, I, they, we were meant to be together. As opposed to, boy, I have to work at a relationship. I have to make you know compromises. I have to be kind. I have to. You know. But let me tell you, Prince the true soulmate. Yeah. The true soulmates are the people we learn the biggest lessons from. Uh, the true meaning of a soulmate is like when, before we come into this world, um, you know, I believe that we're in between lifetimes. We make our contracts with people and probably the person that I would trust the most 
I would go over to and say, hey, look, I need to learn this lesson in this next lifetime. And I'm going back to learn this lesson. So I'm selecting you. Would you help me out and come and teach me this horrible lesson? I believe this. And, and you, you build those contracts. And ultimately, the people who hurt you the most truly are your, your most important soulmates. Those are soul-level contracts that we have. Spike Lee was right. Spike what? Lee was right Spike all the time, right? Yeah. Well, what well, Spike was what Jones. Did Spike, Spike, Spike Jones? Spike Jones. Jones. What did Spike Jones you, say? You always I don't hurt even the know one who you that love? is. You only hurt the oh, one you love. The one you shouldn't hurt at all. See, With now all the sound effects and everything. Now we'll probably get banned because you sang. Yeah, well, and we'll probably get a <laughs> no, it's so funny. We, we talked about this before, too. It's like when I was in my 20s and I was foolish, I prayed for yes. strength and wisdom. Yes. I said, please, <laughs> Lord, give me strength and wisdom, thinking that these gifts would just be bestowed upon me. And instead, the universe heard that and gave me situations that would cause strength and wisdom to grow, which were horrible situations. Mm-hmm. Ter- I mean, it, never ask for patience. Never oh, ask for patience. Exactly. <laughs> That's the worst. Uh, you have to be very careful. Yeah, right, if you, you ask for the, the, um, the benefits, you know, these wonderful attributes that you want to possess, they come through struggle. And really, like you're saying, the soulmates that are going to teach you the most sometimes cause you the most grief mm-hmm. for you to, yes. to grow. And yes. Like, yeah, that's and that's the biggest gift they can give like, you. Yeah. It's the biggest gift. And that's why right. we're here. We're not here to just cruise through. Maybe right. our last time on earth, or if we want to take a break, we'll just have a cruising through. But even people with the most money and the most success and the most of everything have torment and troubles and horrible things happen to them. Right. So, so I, I, I'm a firm believer. If you look up the true spiritual meaning of a soulmate, it's the person who teaches us the biggest and most important right. lessons. Well, that I can Jim, believe in. I believe in that much more than a, a person that is going to somehow magically match with you like a puzzle piece and right. you're going to have a, a charmed, wonderful, happy life. It's like, I don't believe that it works that way. It, can, it doesn't but make any sense. But that is a soul level connection. You can, yeah. like, like, I believe that some people are part of your tribe. It, you just yes. fit. You yep. just fit together. Doesn't mean there's never going to be any problems or any issues, but you do fit. And right. that to me is you're part of the same tribe. You come in together. Look, how could Jim and I make it all these years? 30 years we've known each other. And 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 Taurus. <laughs> never. Never. never right? We've always been friends, even through the yeah. bad times we we're friends. Because mm-hmm. I know even when we have arguments, if I said, Jim, I need help with something, actually that reminds me again. <laughs> <laughs> No, but if I went to him, I, I know he would always be there. So, you know, I, and I, I'm appreciative of that. I really am. <laughs> so getting back on topic, I want to hear stories, Paul. You All right, I am, I'm ready to share. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I've always, uh, I've been aware of the term doppelganger, and I have my own idea of what it might be. And um, I was, it was, so many times in your life, you're going to be told, hey, you remind me of somebody, or you look a little bit like, or you look exactly like. And a lot of times, you know, as we both, we all know from, we, it's mostly celebrities. 
someone will look at you and say, Jim, you look right. like Gandalf. And you're like, ah, I guess I have oh, a beard. But he does. Like, he yeah, does. but it's like he doesn't, he looks like what you might, mm. uh, Gandalf might be in the book, but it's like, he doesn't look like um, Sir, um, what's his name, Ian. Oh, Ian McClellan. Yeah, you don't look like yeah. the, the character from the movie, but you look like oh. what I would imagine if I was reading the book. And, you know, someone said you looked like um, one of your past lives. Um, uh, Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, right? So you might have a, a resemblance to her, but you don't look exactly like her, right? Not at all. So I don't see it here's, at all. Here's my story. I was watching TV when I was in college, and this commercial came on, and I saw this guy. And you know how commercials are cut very fast. But this guy was wearing – I used to wear a, a white baseball, baseball cape, cap backwards, um, had a scruff. You know, it wasn't like this. It was a very tight scruff. And the type of shirt was kind of like a baseball jersey. And I saw this guy on TV, and it wasn't like, oh, that guy looks like me. It was like, that's me. Oh, you know? my and God. I, and it, was like, it was like looking at a mirror. And my body wow. reacted so strongly. It was at first the recognition of like, oh, my God, that's me. And then the terror, the sheer terror of I never did a TV commercial who or what Who is that? Is that? Right. Oh, like my, I love my it. My body, I got chills. I got the cold sweats because it wasn't just that guy looks like me. It was like, that's me. That and he was dressed me. like me, had the same hair but length. But it's the essence. I could feel it, Paul. Yeah. It's the and essence I was like, of you. Oh, my I could God. Feel and it. I, you know, this is before the internet, so I couldn't research right. the commercial or who the actor was. It was there in an instant and gone. And it still kind of shakes me that somebody mm. out there is my identical twin look just like me. Act but it just felt like, like, like you. It yeah. felt like you. And nothing yeah. bad happened to you after no. you saw that. Well, but, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> my 20s are full of bad stuff happening to me. <laughs> but, but even that, um, we talked about this many, many shows ago, when your album first came out, that, um, that diagram of the guy on the beach, um, looking yep. away, all we see mm-hmm. is his butt and everything. <laughs> That's a model, it's not me. No, but we had that whole discussion. But you actually first had posted a picture when he still had arms. Did I? Yes, because I went back and looked at that and he still had arms because wow. you guys had mentioned that he was armless and I, I didn't even remember it. Maybe I did, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't remember it right. But in any event... When you were describing that that wasn't you, yeah, well, he's my same height. He's my same build, same build as me, the same this as me. I, I don't have that good of a butt, but right. it's not me. But that just made me feel like in some way that was you. Who came up with that design? Um, the The record label president has his art department, and he told the guy, um, to look at the lyrics and had an idea for, I think we both came up with the idea together. Um, but I, I certainly didn't tell him to draw me. No, but you know, did or, you, he met you though, right? No, this was all oh. over the internet. And uh, I don't even think oh. we've spoken. It was all emails. So, oh, yeah, it, interesting. It's, it's likely that he read the lyrics or understood the stories I was telling and he got an image of me and that's what he drew. What were the lyrics? Uh, it's too deep to get into right now. It's like oh, about okay. my first divorce. So. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really disturbing and dark and, you know, all the good stuff. I'll have to go listen to it then, I guess. Yeah. Which, yeah, just, which, um, which song is it? 
Um, Soul Forge. Soul Forge. Yeah, that's what the image is of an armless man going swimming at low tide. So that's a, a, like a metaphor for my impotence and ineffectiveness in life. And that's how I feel, you know, a lot of times. It's just like I'm going swimming, but I don't have any arms. It's, it's not going to end well. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That is powerful. I mean, that, that elicits quite an image yeah. of drowning. Yeah. Maybe Literally of up drowning. Yeah. So well, your story. Your story reminds me of the uh, Harry Potter movie about the time turner. Yes. Where Hermione explains to Harry that he can't let you see yourself because you will go crazy. Right. You have experienced personally what that would be like. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. The first part of the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't in person because I I feel like sanity would definitely be a A challenge. (laughs) It would unravel. So just I, just from that second on the on the the TV screen, it was enough to, to to this day, thirty years later, I still get scared thinking about it. Like, oh my god, yeah, there's somebody else, there's somebody out there. <laughs> Amazing. I would love to know more about that. Do you remember what kind of commercial that was? No, no, not at all. This was back in like uh, 1996, 97. Wow, so, I wish we knew what the commercial was. I know. We could do. The research Just today. The research and see who it was, but <clears throat> that, yeah, I never that saw is... him again. I, n- I only saw that commercial the one time. You know, uh, it's one of those weird things. I don't know if that was really a commercial <laughs> yeah, or some other kind thing. of. It sounds know, like something intruded. I was getting right. a message, huh? It's the it's the FBI. I do think that it's the FBI, <laughs> like they do nowadays. That's their camera, true. their camera accidentally fed into your TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we yeah. I don't know back then though. I don't know back then if they had gotcha. that that good of technology. Um, I we think it was it? something paranormal, actually. Really. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Interesting. Sounds like it was. No, you know, it was like a. Um, timeline thing you actually skipped sort of like a timeline but yet you didn't fully skip it so you saw both both right places or maybe it was a parallel I do a show on that kind of you thing did. With, so that was the mandela of that right. that was when mike and i saw we did two of them it was double Mandela. We had a doppelganger in the Mandela effect. That was alternate <laughs> possibilities. I'm talking about alternate timelines and possibilities. We already did that. <laughs> let's take another call here. Let's get some uh, right. folks on the line okay. here. Um, we have many, let's go with right, Kay I'll real quick, you know. All right. Kay? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. <clears throat> okay, so... Um, I'm looking to see what you pick up for me in terms of a relationship. Um, I just recently, maybe a couple of, maybe like three days ago, I had a game of being engaged, uh, proposed. I was proposed to, but I'm not dating anybody right now. And I just wanted to see what you see coming up for me, any description of who is coming up in my life. So you had a dream that you had a proposal is what you're telling mm-hmm. us, but you're not dating Correct. anybody. Do you, do you remember no, the guy's name who proposed? Or what he looked no. like? Uh, he looked um, he looked like a mid- Middle Eastern guy Eastern? with long hair. Middle Eastern. Oh, I, Middle it's, Eastern. It's not somebody I've 
Yeah, I've not. I've not. It's not somebody I know in real life. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm not sure. And the interesting part about this is uh, maybe like a month ago, I had a dream of my roommate um, getting um, passing her exams and then also getting engaged. Um, and then uh, last week she did pass her exams. So I don't know. <laughs> she did pass the exam, but she hasn't gotten engaged yeah, yet. No, um, right. she, she was struggling with it for the um, for two years, and then I had a dream um, that morning. I didn't even know she was uh, going to take the exams, and then I told her the dream, and then just last week she um, she passed the exams, and then just maybe three days ago I also had a dream of me getting getting engaged. So it was first hers and then mine. So I don't know what that is. Right. Well, clearly your subconscious is giving you some messages about uh, proposals and, and engagements, but <clears throat> when, and there's always a but, right? Um, but when I'm looking at the energy, I'm not finding, you know, that you're going to get engaged in any time in the near future. Um, mm-hmm. As far as um, if you're going to meet anybody, I'm drawn towards, and I'm not saying that you're not going to meet anybody between now and what I'm about to tell you, but when my guides give me information, they always give me the important relationships. They don't kind of, you know, they kind of step over or or pass over the incidental relationships. I am very drawn Mm -hmm. towards February of next year. Um, I really do feel that you are going to meet somebody. Um, And ironically, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago about it being a soul level connection. And it does either feel like somebody who's part of your tribe or a soul level connection. I'm feeling like that instant chemistry with somebody and that instant um, just you get each other and you really, really click in a lot of ways. So I do feel that person's going to enter into your life um, in February of next year. My guides are saying there are some complications here. Now, usually when there's complications, it means that there's other relationships, other whatever. When I look at his energy, I don't feel he's married. I don't feel, I feel he's, he's ready. He's absolutely ready to be in a relationship. So I just urge you to, um, you know, really investigate when this person enters your life to understand better what the complications are. It could have something to do with his past, not relationship uh, related, but more either business or some, what I'm kind of feeling is some trouble that perhaps he was in, be it, you know, I don't even know what to think, tax issues or that just popped into my head. But um, it could be Mm -hmm. something that, um, is sort of ne- like a negative strike, but it doesn't feel like, you know, he's a criminal or anything like that. It just feels like there's yeah. something there that um, you need to know and understand because it does feel like there are complications. But but other than that, he really feels like a great guy. The connection feels awesome to me. Um, what my guides are showing me is very much a dedicated man, a devoted man, a very generous man, um, emotionally uh, present and giving. 
and um, really a nice fit. I could feel the energy between the two of you, and it feels like a perfect fit. I'm still not seeing the ultimate engagement, but my feeling is that with all the dreams that you are having regarding engagement, there's something mm-hmm. within you. Like, are you trying to manifest that? Are you hoping for it? And- no. No, I was surprised when I, I saw all that in my dreams. I wasn't even expecting anything like this because I'm not in a relationship to be dreaming right. that. Right. So. Well, so, someone is coming your way. They are headed your way. So good luck with that. Next, As I said, next February, it comes through really strong. Thank you so Just much. Just check really his whole business. Just check his whole business background and try to figure out where that complication is so that you know up front, you know, exactly what's going on. That sounds great to me. Thank you. All right, Kay. You Kay. take care. Thank you, Kay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. <clears throat> so, Paul, do you have any other experiences you want to share with us? I don't. That's my only <laughs> doppelganger. Oh, I have one. <laughs> Jim, oh, please. you do? Oh, go This ahead. was what I remembered while I was sitting here. Um, and it wasn't really a doppelganger experience, but it was related in a funny way. I, I remember getting off of a train somewhere where I was going, and I was kind of lost. And there was this woman in front of me, kind of attractive, about my age. And I was much less hair at the time, too. Uh, looked at me with this look like, there you are. And I just felt so drawn to her because her energy was just so, yeah, and it's, you know. And then she she reached out with her arm and she looked at me and said, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> oh, you weren't was, the right one. I was that close to her bow that Initially. she was expecting to come on that train, and it wasn't it wasn't him. <laughs> that was like, whoa! <laughs> oh, oh, you mean I'm not the guy? Oh, darn! I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we change that? <laughs> Can we go back five minutes? What do you think that was? Just mistaken identity? I think I was a close, a, a, a dead ringer. Right. For him. But but and something she, told to, because her. Because she was, she, was, she was really close to this guy. And you could see the way she looked at me. It was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a, oh, I recognize you. It was a, come on, I've been waiting for you, buddy. Let's go. You know, <laughs> a real intimate kind of look. It was a real. Wow. I don't get anymore. <laughs> and, and an intimate look like that doesn't come from somebody who doesn't really know her intimate. Her person. Intimate, the person that she's intimate with. Right, right. And it to me, it was kind of surprised. I think because you were mystified and you were like, huh? You know. Hey, energy, energy. I go with it. I just go with it. You know? <laughs> this energy is attracting me and I know that it's, you know. <laughs> Looks I good to me. Let's go. I would be in shock with oh, no. a situation like that playing out. Oh, no, not at all. No. <laughs> I do that a lot. Oh, honey, I'm yours. It. I'm all just yours. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't think it was going to go there. I just think it was, you know, somebody who had something that they needed to tell me or something to say <laughs> or something. I mean, I'm I've had strange things right happen, now, but that. That was a, an interesting moment of being misrecognized as being somebody else. I mean, like that. Somebody said I look like Phil Lesh. Phil Lesh? Yeah. yeah. Who is that? Yeah, it's, it's a familiar name. 
From, the from who? Dead. The great the dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I never realized that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, everybody always used to say I look like Liz Taylor oh, when I was younger. Yeah, I, could, I could still see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then when I started wearing glasses, then people said uh, Sarah Palin, which I could see as well. I could see mm-hmm. that. Yep. But I'm not like Liz Taylor. Yes. I mean, people. Oh, no. This is what I got to share with you. Gracie Slick. When I was younger and thinner, everybody thought I was Gracie Slick. Wow. So, so I was in with my ex-husband, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and sister-in-law, me and some other people. We're at this restaurant in Brooklyn. And this guy, the waiter comes over to me and says, are you her? And I think Liz Taylor right away because I've always been told that. And I go, who do you think I am? And he said, Grace Slick. And I know, like, one time I was at the gym, and I'm walking around in there, and this woman comes over, and she goes, you are this fitting image of Gracie Slick. So um, I said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> but he didn't, could not take his eyes off of me. Then I went out to the car for something, and apparently he came over, and my mother-in-law said, it's really her. <laughs> she just doesn't want people to know. We got service like you would not believe. I mean, we got the best service. And, and the guy, I didn't realize she said that. She told me, like, when we were eating dessert that she told him, and I was so embarrassed because I'm going, my God, you know, they must, he must really think I'm her because look at the service. And eventually she told me, she said, I told him, he came over and I told him that it was you. But I, I used to be uh, identified with both Liz Taylor and Gracie Slick. And I think they're like night and day as far as how they look. I'm happy that I've aged a little bit different than Grace Slick has. Now when I, although she still has the long hair. Uh, you can't see. Oh, where is my hair? <laughs> I can't. Where is it? Every time the, I go for Matt, it, it disappears. Matt Damon's eating it. <laughs> Did we ever figure out which one was which? You got to yes, look at the emails. One, am I allowed to say it yet? Which one? No, this one look or at this the emails. One? Look at the emails. Oh, see if anybody yeah. got it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, if it's time stamped after 808, then they don't get this one is the real Matt Damon. That's the one, one I guessed. <laughs> and this me, the one on the um, left is not Matt Damon? No. So who's the Look other at guy? That schnoz. Look at the nose on that guy. I know. It's it almost the perfectly the one. same. It's not. And you were you were on to something when you were saying maybe it's a younger version. It's not. Wow. It's not. I mean, That's the lips are, are different if you look at the lips. Yeah. Although here he's got lipstick on. Or he kissed someone. It looks like a bar shot. So who's the other guy? That other guy looks like he's drunk in a bar. We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know? Yes, we do. Oh, Oh, you're going to find out? No, you know who it is. (laughs) Oh, you mean my my psychic abilities? Oh. Can you tell me photographs like that? Isn't that Ben Affleck? (laughs) You mean Matt Damon? Matt Damon, no, Ben Affleck. <laughs> they look very similar, but they do. but but they no, don't. that one to me they do. I I used to get them confused, but this one is the real 
Yeah. Real Matt Damon. This mm-hmm. one is a strange twin. A doppelganger. Oh, strange twin. Okay. Or, or okay. whatever we want to call it. Nowadays, when people do research on doppelgangers, all these celebrity lookalikes come up. I never considered that a, a doppelganger. I, I, like I said, I do agree with yeah. him on this one. It's what about very those rare. photographs from the past, like 100 years old, that are sitting yeah. in a, identical? Cool? Is that? Yeah. What's Even that? You mean, like, uh, you, mean like, you mean like Abe Lincoln? There's, well, there's no, photographs from like the 1900s, and they, they show them side by side with modern people. And it is oh. like you could go in there with a ruler and measure their features, and they're spot on. It's like it's even there's closer actually, than these two. And you're like, how is that possible? There's a portrait in the Metropolitan Museum of Art that looks exactly like uh, William Shatner. I swear. <laughs> and and who? And is he's it? all dressed in his well, and everything, and it's William Shatner's face on him, like. Maybe he did go back in time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good show, too. But have you heard about that book from, I think it's either the 1800s or the very early 1900s about, and it's in the Library of Congress, and it's about um, a young boy named Baron Trump that lived on Fifth Avenue and blah, blah. It's in the Library of Congress. I oh found gosh. it. What year? Uh, it's either the late 1800s or the early 1900s. I believe Trump is a time traveler. I do. Because this book, Baron Trump living on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, and it's all about, I, I was skimming it. I didn't really read it. Yeah, because it's a big book. Well, it was more pages than I could absorb in five or ten minutes that I was looking at it. But it's all these fantasy stories about um, Baron being taken on some sort of magical journey or something. It's just too weird. I mean, that name Trump. Have you ever heard that name Trump with anyone else other than Donald Trump? I don't have an ability to recollect whether I recollect <laughs> it would be too would far say, in the past. Yeah. I honestly have never heard that name before, except, I mean, we're New Yorkers. So, you know, I mean, I've known Donald Trump since the yeah. 1980s, right. if not before. But mm-hmm. other than that, I've never met another Trump ever. It's not a common uh, uh, name in the United States. And Baron as a first name? Baron is not an unusual first name. In the United States of America, let's Google and see how many barons there are. How many people named Baron? <laughs> how many will. do you think it's going to be? I I'm don't know. curious. I'm curious. The problem is that it, it is a it is not just a name; it's also a title. A title, right? But so I'm saying, if, how many? If you're a baron, named, you don't want to name your kid baron because then baron, 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 yeah. baron. <laughs> and if you were a duke, then it would be Duke Baron Baron, which would be really confusing. <laughs> I am, I am a contessa. Ah. <laughs> hey guys, real quick, let, let me break in here. 
Um, yes. We have one last caller for the night. Tamika, oh. one of our um, oh, uh, okay. loyal listeners, has a very interesting question about a surgical procedure she has coming up. So let's take her before yes. our time runs okay. out. Yeah. All right. Tamika, Hi. you're on. Tanika. Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi. Um, um, I want to also ask you about that other situation, what actually happened. But but oh, um, okay. But ask your ask this question, and then we'll okay. get to that. All right. So a lot of um, changes are happening right now, kind of like before I was ready or out of my control, like my family looking to relocate and I have to go with them because I'm not independent yet. So I have to make health decisions where I am because my doctors are up here still. So one of them is um, a health procedure that I'm going to go through in May that I have scheduled. I'm hoping that this will help not hurt me be able to have children. And I'm wondering if you see this health surgery going okay. And if you see me having children, um, in the future or not like and also like frank has been texting me and i wanted to know what the heck's for because i haven't answered him but mainly of course this is the most important thing that i want to know about um do you know the name of your surgeon yeah first name first name first name okay um his first name is let me get it up on Google Maps because I went to see him yesterday. Um, I, I wish I had a pen handy. I would write down what I'm picking up. I'm picking up that. I'm curious, but his ahead. name is John. First name okay. is John. That, that wasn't what I was picking up. Um, all right, let me say this to you because I think this is the more important answer to your question. Um, There is a female energy, child energy. I'm just zooming in on it. It's very, it's sort of distant and it's sort of um, not coming through real clear, which leads me to believe that there may be is Tanika still with us? Yeah. Okay. Um, which leads me to believe that there could be some... Oh, no, she dropped off. You're that's right. what I thought. She dropped off. Well, we'll see if she comes back. Can we call out? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Oh, wrong one. Uh, Did you guys drop her call? I left the room for one minute. Yeah. I know. Well, how great broke loose here. <laughs> See, what happens anywhere. When you're not, right. When you leave us, Paul, this is what happens. I went well, okay. I grabbed it. <laughs> and and I, I, I don't know what happened, but maybe she'll call back while we're I'm, trying I'm to figure try things call. out. All right. Try and call her. And then I'll tell her because I, I have some news she might be interested in hearing. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message ah. system. Three, four, seven, four, six, three, six, zero, okay. one, six is not available. How do I At hang the it phone, up? Please I don't record know. your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more. Got it. Okay. Um, 
Okay. It, it, when you do that, it places a caller in the queue. That's that's your outgoing call, and you can hang up on it by clicking the X. All right. Well, hopefully she'll call back in, and we could, I could give her an answer. Well, if she I do might have be still news. listening, do you want to give her your read on what she had right, to say? All right, I can, but I hope she's listening. So basically what I was saying is I do feel a female energy, which is attached to her, and it is a child energy, which leads me to believe that a daughter is, in the cards for her. However, um, it feels like there may need to be more than one procedure being done that perhaps this procedure, whatever the surgery is, they might still need to do something else because the energy is coming in very um, vague and it's not coming in strong. And that leads me to believe that there's another step or two involved until we get to um, the, the point where she is going to get pregnant. But I do feel a child, a, a, a girl, a, a baby girl for, for Tanika. And then she asked me about Frank. Um, hello, are you there? Come on in. <laughs> All right. Do you just want me to keep on talking about Yeah, keep on talking. She right. called back Hi. and we got her. We got oh, it. Okay. All right. I'm so here. Did you, I'm so did sorry. you hear what I my said phone about? No. All right. No. All right. My phone so, cut off as soon as you started. All right. Uh, because we, they told me to keep on going. So what I feel is there is a little girl, a, a female energy that is attached to you, which I believe is a daughter for you. However, the energy is coming in a bit vague. And when that happens, when it usually means there's other steps or other things, other decisions, other things that have to happen before this energy really steps forward. So my gut feeling is whatever the surgical procedure is that you're doing, there may be another step that's required or perhaps even another step or two before you actually, and perhaps the the big key is you have to meet the father, you know, the, the right guy to end up having the child. So it could be a couple steps involved until you get to that point where the, your daughter comes in. But yes, I do feel you're going to have, be able to have children. And I do believe that there's a daughter in your future for you. So okay. that part came through really clear. Do you have any questions about that? And do you know uh, what, this, what this procedure, because Jim has a medical background. Maybe he even could give you yes, some. Well, okay. It's a, lapros- it's a laparoscopic myomectomy for fibroids. Mm, okay that have been, like, interrupting my life. And I'm afraid to hurt my wound because yeah. I don't have children yet and because of my age. You know, I don't want to hurt it. I want to help it, but I'm afraid this might hurt it because I'm not a person that's been through a lot as far as there. I haven't had children yet. But I'm, yeah. it's been impacting my life, and I just, I'm hoping this doesn't hurt me. Like, this man is a surgeon I just met. I just, I just it's scary. Yeah, it's 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 not as dangerous as some other kinds of surgery that can be done in that area. So you probably have the least amount of anything to worry about. But I hear you. I want to mention okay. one thing, Tanika, that um, the name, the first name that I actually picked up was Richard. So I would be very curious if this doctor is going to bring in another surgeon or if there is another surgeon with the first name of Richard that um, somehow plays into this. Um, And I 
what concerns me here is that you're feeling hesitant about this. And I really feel find the right surgeon and feel good about it. Somebody who, I mean, I'm sure there's no 100% assurance, but someone who gives you a real good comfort feeling and maybe that person's first name will be Richard or find out more about who's going to be present in while they're doing that yeah. surgical yeah. procedure and see maybe the radiologist, something. I mean, Richard feels like a player in this whole deal for you. So, but mm-hmm. I do feel it will be successful, but there, there, Jim, after something like that, um, is there any other steps that would need to be to happen? You can only you can only know that afterwards. I mean, you, that's if they didn't already know about it through whatever testing and 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 diagnostic procedures they're going through, then they would have uh, they might identify something while the surgery is going on, or you know something they can't do right then, but they could return and do later, okay. or they would have to manage in some other way. But I, I I mean I don't I don't think it's going to be a big issue, just judging from what. And what about fertility with acupuncture? Is there any things that can be done with acupuncture? Yeah, we uh, I've treated a couple of patients for for fertility, uh, and uh, to my knowledge, it's worked just fine. I have at least one kid that uh, comes to see me once in a while. Oh, <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, I'm not because saying that Tanika has a fertility issue, but that might yeah. activate something or help heal. Right. Because yeah. I'm because I'm because I'm 43, so I'm I know that I'm high risk, Gosh. I guess, because of my age. But I still feel like I can have, you know, children for some reason. What we need to do is find oh. you the right man, and that could be the stuff right. that's missing here. And you asked about Frank, and the words that yeah. I'm hearing <laughs> are are same old, same old. So I have a feeling that, yes, he wants to get in touch with you because he needs that Tanika hit right now for his own ego. And and I, I, I don't feel that he's, you know, done a 180 or he had this major um, shift in energy or metamorphosis and suddenly he's going to be the man of your dreams. And I don't mean to be, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean here. I want to forewarn you because what my guides are saying is um, <clears throat> you, you have a dream and you're, you're actually putting obstacles in the path of your dream and you're not, you're not sort of seeking it out or moving in the direction to fulfill your dream. So, and if your dream is to have a child or have a family, it seems like you're the one who's holding yourself back. So I would highly suggest, I mean, I know you listen to the show a lot. Go back and listen to some of our shows where we talk about doing that inner work. And and did we ever do a show on healing your past? I don't think so. That's actually the show yeah. we should do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'm trying, you know, my family, my mom, she decided that she, because she just retired in February, that she wants to move to Florida now. So now we're getting ready to do that. And end of May, we're going down in a visit to kind of like look for a home. But that's a change I'm talking about that's happening. Because I always wanted to move there. I just didn't know it was going to happen so soon before I was able to move there in my own terms with my own apartment and all that. Like, 
So yeah, this is happening is now. Happening. Yeah, but it's all happening for a reason. And honestly, right. if you were still working and all, and all this stuff was going on, you would not be in that position to move. I would say go with the flow. This can be the big breakthrough that we've been waiting for. Um, it, there's nothing that feels negative here. I actually feel this is taking you out of your old patterns into something bigger and better. But I urge you, yeah. and, and we're, I'll talk to the guys after the show about doing a show on healing your past. Um, listen to that. You know, maybe we'll even do it the next show because I think that's important. Um, and and yeah. use some I, of the techniques that we talk about because you need to let – I really want you to let Frank go, and I know you have, but yet you haven't. I think you have on some level, but there's others, a lot of remnants with his energy that are still there. Do your best to just let him go. He's not going to give you what you deserve to have. He isn't. He's not made any tremendous, you know, he hasn't had any tremendous awarenesses. He's the same guy that's come in and out of your life for the past how many years? I know. I, I believe you. I haven't answered any of his texts. He doesn't know all the health stuff I'm going through. Like he, he's the, the day I answer him, I'm going to be moved away from here long and gone. If I even answer him, like I'm Good. not going to answer him. He, Good. It, he's Good. not, he's not like, I know what you, I know exactly what you're saying. It's the same, it's the same energy that I've read many times when you call, there's nothing different. And he, he hasn't gotten a wake up call. The other thing I want to ask you about quickly is what happened with, the court they, scenario. I got a pro bono. I found a lawyer that would volunteer to do it, and he uh, got me all hyped up. And then we, the day of the, the the trial over the phone, you know, everybody was on the phone ready to begin the trial. I was so nervous, um, such a mess, but I just was trying to hide it. And then he got the, he got the judge to postpone the trial because he said he wanted to gather more information from the HR department about me as far as, like, the complaints I made and everything. So the judge agreed that we could postpone it for 30 days. But that was, like, in beginning of March, end of February, and I haven't heard – nothing's happened. And I keep texting him, asking him, you know, have you heard anything yet about the trial, like, when a new date is or anything? Have you gotten anything from the HR? No, I haven't gotten anything from the HR. No, I haven't gotten anything from the court yet. I'm like, please, you know, can you just find out something? Because, I mean, I know he's doing it volunteer, but I feel like – I don't know if he's really working on behalf of me or anything, or if this is even going to happen, you know? What is his first name? Adam. Um, I'm getting a pretty good feel from him. So I would say that things are in the process of being resolved and ironed out. And it feels okay. I mean, I'm not saying he's giving you the same attention that you would get um, as a paid client, but feels pretty good. So I, I wish you luck with that. I think it's going to work out good for you. All right, I'll keep certifying. And you know, one more thing, my neurosurgeon, his name was Robert, Robert Kerr. He's my neurosurgeon that I had brain surgery with uh-huh. in 2015, 2014, 2015. Same oh. that maybe... Maybe that's yeah. the Robert you pick up, but it would be great. Oh. It would be great if I could find a Robert to do this on my uterus, but I don't know of any, you know. I like, got a big hit. I'm, I did get a big hit <sighs> when you said his name, so maybe I am picking that up. Um, I, I, you have my email address. Email me, and we could talk about it. 
We want to say thank you to all our listeners and viewers and those who have called in tonight or listened to us here on BTR or watched us live streaming on social media. Um, we enjoyed hearing your stories, and we want to make sure that you follow us either on Facebook or YouTube. Our next show is Saturday, April 30th, Eastern Standard Time, and our topic is attachment types. Have any suggestions for our show? Email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com or reach out to us on Facebook with your suggestions, testimonials, or just to say hello. Please visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com or for uh, Jim, reach him at uh, facebook.com forward slash East West Healing Arts. Good night and have a great weekend. We look forward to hearing from you on April 30th. Good night. Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste.